This is Kurt, and this is the MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. A little bit of a left turn on the old episode this week. Uh, we had something planned, but something went awry, so I apologize for that. But we're going to have a, a nice little, I don't know, a little treat for you. <laughs> I wanted to do i wanted to do a nice little two-player, easy pick-me-up role-playing game and try to do it with somebody. And I was able to rip from the headlines our good friend, Mr. John. God, I can never say your name right. It's Haramza? Haremza. Yeah, yeah. Haremza. I should, you know, it's it's probably it's probably spelled as it sounds, exactly. and I can never get it right. I'll never get it right. We've been friends forever, and I'll never get your name right. I just call you John. Yeah, that works. Because we're friends. That's right. I, I probably couldn't Old say your boy. name either. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no one can say my last name. So. Is it Amenuler? Ooh, you're so wild. Well, I don't, ha- so well, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just, I'm spitballing. Just, ju- yeah, exactly. Just think of if, you know how you, you know, somebody says like, uh, what's that guy's name from the FBI? Robert Mueller, right? Mm-hmm. So he's got his last name Mueller. Just put an ah in front of that. Ah, Mueller. That's that's how you say my last oh, name. All right. See, it's easy. Yeah. See, so easy. I but when remember. people see it, they're just like, Arr. I uh, when I pick up my son, they're always like Logan A, Logan A to the front because the lady that tries to say his name cannot say it. So she just she gave up on day one, and I don't feel bad for her for that because. <laughs> You should just do that. You should do that. But uh, I got John from Legends of Tabletop. John, thanks for coming on again, man. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me. No problem. Um, we're going to be playing a quick uh, role-playing game. And you know what? I say quick, but John's on, so it may be a little bit longer. But uh, this is Clank. It's a brief role-playing game by Tim C. Copang. And when I found this game, I actually found a link on RPG Geek for quick two-player games. And for some reason, this guy has a website, but it's not on his website. Go figure that. But on RPG, it's got an RB, on RPG Geek. You can find the link there. Um, I'll also just put the link. You can find it online, but it's very hard to find because it basically just brings you to a, P, a free PDF. So I'll put his website up on the show notes, and I will put the link for this because this will be fun. So um, basically, this is a... Well, we'll just kind of get into it, and you'll kind of see how Clank is set up and played. So so in Clank, first, find a friend. John's right here. That's me. And a deck of cards. <laughs> That's you. Uh, keep the six kings, queens, and jacks of hearts and spades. You won't need the rest of the pack. Find a comfortable place to sit or stand. I'm sitting. This will take about 20 minutes. I've been standing okay. here the whole time. Fuck. You, you have been. What are you doing? There's a chair right there. All right, I'm going to sit down. Sit down. See, you said you said you were terrible at improv. You just did one right there. <laughs> just perfect. Just perfect. So I have my cards. You can't see them, but I have them. Uh, second, shuffle the cards and have them at the ready. I've already shuffled them. Read the following aloud to your friend. You are successful. You work for the government and live alone downtown in the city. You work late hours. You are single, but find time to see people. It's about 10 p.m. and you are riding the elevator up to your well-appointed apartment. So right now, John will be playing the uh, government worker. So it says, third, your friend should take a moment to define a few things about the main character in the story because, as of now, the both of you know only the sparest of details. Is this character a man or a woman? 
name, age, take about 30 seconds to decide. Then read the following aloud. So, John, who is your character and what, what are they about? Uh, his name is Charles Washington. He's 34 years old. He's uh, tall, dark-haired, dark-eyed. He's just, you know, like a young, successful guy, kind of like doing his thing. Uh, you know, he'll go to the bar after work, maybe, you know, pick somebody up, bring somebody home, whatever. Um, he's just like living life, like everything's sitting on, on all cylinders. So he's doing pretty good. Okay. <clears throat> so now I'll read the next part aloud. The elevator opens directly to your apartment's foyer. Ding! You, th <laughs> you throw keys in the bowl, chiching on the side table, and drop your bag onto the wood floor. The bag hits with a soft thud before the, the sl before slouching before slouching over on its side. You sigh to yourself, exhausted, and then you hear a noise. You can see the city lights through your picture window in the living room. The kitchen is out of view around a severe corner. Footsteps. Dress shoes on a tile floor. Tap, tap. The refrigerator door slams shut, rattling the metal frame with a sharp, sh with a sharp clank. Whoever it is hasn't noticed you yet, but then a beep, beep, beep in your coat pocket alerts you to a dead cell phone. The elevator is gliding back down to the lobby. The footsteps start again. Fourth, you ask your friend what the main character does. Your friend is playing the main character. You are playing the stranger in the kitchen. The stranger is not altogether friendly. You know who the stranger is, but your friend does not. It's up to the two of you to decide how this will all turn out. There's more to come, but your friend should at least try to discover who's the stranger in the kitchen, who the stranger in the kitchen is, and whether that person is immediately dangerous. Suss out the details by exploring the situation moment to moment. Follow up on new plot developments. Don't summarize, explore. So yeah, my guess is you want to, yeah, we want to suss this out first before we get to the fifth act of this. What is the main character going to do in this situation? All right, so he comes in, puts the bag down, kind of rolls his neck, you know, he walks over towards, uh, he's got like a little bar set up, like a, like, you know, credenza kind of bar thing set up. So he was, you know, halfway grabbed the bottle, was starting to pour a drink when he hears the footsteps. Well, maybe that's me. He kind of like shifts back and forth on the floor. And then the phone beeps and the door slams and he's like, oh shit. So he like carefully puts the bottle back down and starts to like circle the couch back over around towards the door. Kind of warily, you know, warily keeping his eyes on the kitchen. I mean, he doesn't have his keys. He doesn't have his phone. So he's, he's like, he's indecisive, which is not yeah. like his normal personality. Like he gets to the door and kind of like gets a hand on it and he's like, fuck like all of my shit is in here okay well it sounds by this that i don't know that you're here yet well no i you would because of beep. the beep beep beeping yeah definitely and i assume it's just a real like you know five foot from the kitchen you know yeah that's it's true it's an apartment so the stranger hears the beep beep beeping and you would think that what would happen would be that whatever the stranger is doing, that it would stop. But as you are sitting there wondering what the stranger is up to and why the stranger is, it has invaded your house, you all you can hear is... <coughs> the sound of somebody eating an apple really loud and not hiding it. Just kind of waiting for something to happen. Just takes another big bite. <coughs> 
Like now, so like he's got like his hand resting on the doorknob, and he's like, "Son of, son of a bitch." So, he, you know, he straightens himself back up, and he and he walks around the other side of the couch, and he goes, "Hey, who's in there? What are you doing in my house?" Okay, <clears throat> so I will. I'll read the fifth part of it because I think this is kind of going into what we're doing right now. So it says, fifth, you and your friend should take it from here. Both of you will feel uncomfortable at times. Narrate proactively. Remain realistic and serious. You each have your characters. Negotiate to define other important details. The action may may or may not leave the apartment. If new characters are introduced, you must play them too. It's not as difficult as it sounds. Remember that whatever happens, the story must revolve around the main character and a relationship arising out of the stranger in the kitchen. I think I'm going to wait on the sixth part of it, so I think we can just kind of keep going. So basically, you have your. <laughs> I love this part because you're you're in your own house. There's a stranger that you don't know who it is in the kitchen eating loudly, and you're like, "Hey, what are you doing in there, buddy?" Like he lives in a nice building, so like. It seems weird that, like, just someone would break it, right? So, like, first, first, you know, drop-dead thing is like, shit, somebody's in my house, I gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the audacity of someone to break in, it's like, it's not some cheap place, right? Like, he lives high-end, like, you know, now it's like, what the... F- no, 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 no. So, you hear this, you still hear this loud crunching of the apple, and then silence for half a second, and then you hear... We have some unfinished business, Charles. He he stops walking. Who who are you? Business with who? And he like there's like a like a little shelf behind the the leather sofa. It's got like a fucking heavy candlestick on it. So he just like he stops like there and kind of has his hand down by his side, sort of like near where the candlestick is at. I'm actually gonna read the next thing because I kind of goes into it, and because I'm a little stuck, I'm actually gonna use it. So it says sixth. When you or a friend, when you or your friend need inspiration, turn over a card. Work together to integrate new details into the story based on that card. So for the jack, it's a lover. For the queen, it's a rival. And for the king, it's a government official. Um, and then if it's a heart, it's an insp- it's an irrational reaction to that. And then if it's a spade, it's violence. The cards cannot define the stranger. You already know who the stranger is. But the cards can help you and your friend create new relationships and details surrounding the stranger. Feel free to interpret the restrictions listed above in any way that makes sense. However, you cannot ignore a card entirely. Once a card is turned, it must have consequence. Be creative. And basically, it says at the end here, it says the game ends once you've used one card of each rank, a queen, king, or jack. It doesn't matter which... um, which suit and then you're basically just trying to wrap it up so i'm just gonna leave it from there so i don't have to keep reading off of this i'll just read for whatever i flip over for the cards and we'll kind of uh complete the role play from there so so i flip over a queen of spades so that is a rival and that ends in violence which is amazingly awesome because that's kind of what i was thinking <laughs> um <laughs> He's actually still in the kitchen waiting for you. Oh, fuck that guy. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be, I got to bury my partner today. Do you know that? Did you know that, Charles? Um, you remember who put, who put him away? 
Charles, don't act like you don't know who my partner is, Charles. You got to, you went, you went there as a sign of, I don't know, like you felt bad about putting him away so you could come to his funeral to, I don't know, you know, maybe, I don't know, make up for your mistakes. But you know what? I'm here to clean up that mess. So he's he's like he's racking his brain. He's trying to figure out like does this voice sound familiar? Like, what was he involved with recently? Does this sound? And then he's like, oh, the funeral. Oh, you mean uh, Tony Two Fingers? Is he your buddy? Hey, look, that's not uh, that's not on me. Uh, you know, you you guys are involved in in some things, and he kind of like, you know, at, you know, back of his hand, he kind of like scoops up that that candlestick. Says, uh, "I just doing my job, guy." All right, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna turn another card just because I'm interested to see where this goes. <laughs> a king of spades. So now this is a More government f- official. And violence. So, well, okay. I mean, I guess it could still be Tommy Two Fingers if this guy is dirty, right? Yeah, that's true. Tommy Two Fingers. Tommy Two Fingers. You know, it's weird because he helped you guys find so many bosses, so many underlings. He helped you put so many people in jail, and yet you put him in the ground. You know, and it, it's funny, he even he even took out one of your own that was dirty to help you. He took out your he took your boss out. The one who is one of the is the second in command. You know, he decided to go, you know what, let's cut through that red tape and let's just let's take out the problem. And what did you reward him with? What did you reward him with? Hey, 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 I I don't know what you're talking. Look, I I know he he you got whacked, right? But that's that's not me. I uh you know, I, I just I, I work in the office there. Um You know it's you know it's weird because you know somebody somebody was able to lead the raid on Tommy's house and I, you know, I just, I remember, you know, like it's, you know, it sounded like somebody that's on the dollar bill and, you know, and it, I don't know, it said, it said Washington on the sheet that got signed for that because, you know, I have friends myself and, you know, and he just, you know, it happened that all of a sudden he had a gun, which is funny because Tommy Two Fingers is a guy who loves knives and no guns. Yeah, that's why they called him Tommy Two Fingers, huh? He just wanted to get a dig in. <laughs> oh, that's that's it's perfect. It's perfect. It's getting on his nerves. Um, yeah. So so he he so like I'm assuming like the door is facing me, right? So I'm kind of like out over here. So mm-hmm. he kind of like moves closer, like as he's still talking, and he gets his back to the wall. With so like if he were to swing, it would be at the opening. You know what I'm saying? He's got his back to the wall. He's still talking. You're still in the kitchen, and, yep. and like he's he's just preparing. He says, um, "Yeah, you know they uh, 
they they foisted that job off on me. Uh, I know there was a lot of guys there that day. I can't say I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, guys said they had a gun. Uh, eminent threat. You know how it goes. I you know are you are you referring to this gun that has only your fingerprints on it? And he takes a uh, evidence bag of a gun in a bag and slides it into the into the other room. He just looks down at it and frowns. <laughs> um, you, you know, it, it's funny for for someone who works for the FBI. You're you're pretty sloppy. He's just like he's like yeah. I mean, he's just he's got his face screwed up. He's trying to like figure out who the who this guy is. Yeah, like all of the things, like it's all like crashing down now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm gonna flip over another card just to see where this kind of takes us. All right. Oh, the jack of spades. So this is gonna, this is gonna ha- be the part where we start wrapping up our story because we have a quack, a quack, a queen, jack, and king of all spades. That's amazing. So, so th- <laughs> yep. So this is lover and violence. All right, fine. You want the truth of it? I was, uh, Tom, Tommy, uh, he wound up somewhere where he shouldn't have. We, uh, apparently both had a lady friend. And, uh, Tommy, Tommy thought he was a little bit too big for his britches. Tommy thought he could muscle in where he wasn't wanted. And, well... You know, sometimes you got to put a guy in his place. You know, the weird thing about, you know, you guys having a lady friend, you know, lady friend is an interesting word. It usually doesn't mean somebody that you care about. You know, it usually just means like someone that you, you know, kind of, you know, you kind of have and you kind of throw away, you know, you power types just think that, you know what, I can just have what I want. Who cares? what the consequences are, you know? doesn't matter if Tommy has her. doesn't matter if you have her, Charles. You know what really matters? You know what really matters in this situation is that you both have ruined the relationship with me and my wife. And you know what? I'm glad that Tommy is dead. And I'm glad that I killed him. And I'm going to be very glad to take you out as well. Hey, well, sounds like the only beef you've got is with yourself there, buddy. You kill a man, come in here blaming me for it? Busting up your marriage? You got a guilty conscience, it sounds like. The stranger walks into the living room. He doesn't even care that you're prepared or not prepared. He has rubber gloves on and nothing else in his hand. He ditched the apple already. And he stares you in the face and you realize that the stranger is actually someone that you do know. He was in on that raid and his name was Johnny Prine. And you realize that you don't recognize the accent. You know Johnny Prine as Australian. And when you see him and you see that he doesn't have an Australian accent, you realize that (laughs) there's been something wrong with him in the agency since forever. Whoa, Johnny. 
Johnny, what? What happened to your accent? Oh, it's it's gone, just like all the pretenses. So this whole thing is just a setup, then? <laughs> of course it is. I'm going to put your fingerprints on this gun, and I'm going to take you out. His eyes flick down to the gun, and then flick back up to Johnny. And then he just, he just like fucking lunges and swings with the, with the candlestick. Nice. I'm going to say that he just, even though he's kind of prepared, he doesn't realize how Charles is like a lot quicker than he is. And he just takes one to the dome and just falls on the floor. And he's not knocked out, but he's bleeding pretty good. All right. So, uh. Charles jumps on top of him, flips him over, you know, pulls his belt off, starts, like, fucking, I don't want to say tying him up, but, like, you know, um, fuck, brain's not working. (laughs) (laughs) Securing him, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So you're basically, you're, no, wait, are you, you're just, like, trying to horse tie him or whatever? Yeah, he, he, like, so he falls, Charles jumps on him, rolls him real quick, gets on his back. And then just tries to, like, wrap the belt either, you know, around his hands or, like, across his chest and then, you know, pull it behind him. I guess that probably would probably, belt probably wouldn't be big enough for that. Probably just try to, like, tie up his hands, I guess. Yep, okay. Um, I'm going to say that you get you get as far as getting one one tied up and you're trying to get the other one. And Johnny goes and he grabs the bag and is trying to open it with his one hand. All right, shit. Um... So I guess he he's, he probably stops trying to tie him then and goes for the bag too. Nice. So they're both like wrestling on the ground now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then what happens is you know you can hear the wrestling and you can hear the grunting and you can hear the, all the noises and you hear the rustling of the bag and then all of a sudden you hear a shot. And then you kind of see uh, Johnny kind of stand up. And, and kind of smile at smile at Charles, and then he looks down and sees that there's a gunshot in his in his gut, and he just kind of eyes kind of wide and kind of like is in shock and kind of backs up a little bit and then falls into the couch. Oh, and the leather, fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Charles, you know, stands, you know, warily, kind of circling around him as he's, you know, on the couch, and he. Uh, I, fuck, I, don't, I wonder if he would even have a house phone. I guess, yeah. He goes for the uh, for the house phone and calls 911. Nice. And uh, being being the good government official that he is, you know, Charles is, you know, trying to, you know, call for the call for backup to have him not not die so he could serve out his sentence of, you know, setting up Tommy Two Fingers and and Charles, but you can tell that it's it's just it's too late. Light goes out of his eyes, and he just kind of slumps to the floor, like face first. Hmm. So as he's on the phone with nine one one, he's like, "Yeah, send the ME too. He's uh, he didn't make it." So as the kind of fades to black, it kind of lights up again, and you see this like newsreel: Tommy Tommy Two Fingers Number Two. Anderson Brown, so he's, that's not even his real name. <laughs> so Anderson Brown dies in home invasion struggle or something like that. You know, they just kind of tell the news of 
a tale of revenge. And it also kind of alerts to, like, his main thing might have been to, because he was pissed about his wife sleeping around, but also that Charles's higher-ups actually have ties to the mob and stuff like that. And so he thought that Charles was a part of it and was going to try to get rid of him, but didn't realize that Charles is actually trying to play both sides. So he's like a double agent or whatever, you know, and, and, uh, it just ended up going, going out Charles's way. So that's kind of how we end our scene is like, it, it was all for not. It's funny. Cause I was going to be like, I was going to be at the end. I was going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, your phone's dead, but mine's not. And then have it like, be like set out a timer and like blow the apartment up. I thought, nah, that's not, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's such a great ending or not. It would have been cool for you to stand up with the smirk, you know, holding the gun, you know, and then Charles yeah. was dead and he just like wipes it off, puts it in his hand, walks out the door. <laughs> yeah, it's funny because I was going to go for that. I kind of was going to go for that. I was going to go for that ending where it's like the bad guy wins, but it's like, I don't know. I felt like it, I felt like it was kind of interesting because I felt like in this situation, I feel like. Johnny or Anderson or whoever he was had the upper hand, but the fact that he lost out was kind of was kind of like what he deserved, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. So you know, this is something I think you could we could like play those certain characters again and go a totally different out with. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny that everything went to violence. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I had to laugh. I was like, why couldn't this go to anything else? Yeah. But yeah, it's just how the cards. How the cards lay, and it's funny too because I shuffled them really good too. I thought, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it just goes to show you, this world isn't all peaches and cream. Yeah, there you go. You know? <laughs> so yeah, so that yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, cool. I wouldn't mind playing that again. That was very easy to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was thinking with the interactions that well, and you kind of said like he's playing both sides, but he didn't actually kill him, right? So like. You know, in the narrative, he's like, "Well, he was, you know, sleeping with the with the woman I was sleeping with, so I, so I fucking killed him." But I guess, I guess he would know that he didn't kill him, so maybe he's just trying to get it under his skin, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I like it too because you were you were kind of playing the, you were kind of playing the, you know, the all around good guy, and then when you kind of threw that dig in, I was like, "Ooh, that's a good one. That'll <laughs> that'll really piss him off," you know, because I. Because I feel like, you know, my character was more of, like, the doesn't make mistakes, always is doing the, like, the sinister thing the right way and is getting away with it. So I kind of like, I like that it was an end where he didn't. Because, you know, it's just sometimes life just kind of throws shit at you and (laughs) it's not going to be the way you want it to be. Right, right. You know, it was good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it too. So that was Clank by Tim C. Copang. If I'm saying that right, hopefully I am. Sorry if I'm not. Um, you can find all of his other role-playing games besides this one at tckroleplaying.com. Um, and then, I, like I said, I will put this, uh, the link for Clank in the show notes. And it's basically just a, the download is. What, why can't I think of what the, what, what do you drive call through? the download? What do you, no, it's not through drive through It's just a, you just click on the, oh, it's a PDF. Duh. <laughs> I would have never got that. I know, saying. right? I'm so I'm dumb. But I'll put the I'll put the link of the PDF in the show notes too, so you can. It's just a straight 
uh, straight download there for free. So, but again, if you want to pay, if you want to play some of uh, Tim's other games, he's got Mars Colony, which sounds really fun, and then another one called Heroes Banner: The Fury of Free Will. They're all fairly cheap if you want a PDF version of that. But yeah, that was awesome. Thanks, uh, John, for coming on and helping helping us out when we when we needed a little uh, a little nice little. Uh, random episode so i appreciate you coming on yeah no absolutely anytime i'm, yeah. I'm glad glad to come over and, uh, and help out and hang out for a little bit that's right as as the mfg cast is a big part of the the legends of tabletop network uh why don't you just kind of tell us about if if people are new to the show kind of tell us about what you do on that all right uh this, i'm on the i'm the main host i guess over at legends of tabletop uh, we do uh, actual play campaigns. We have four ongoing campaigns. Uh, we had a Cypher System game just kind of go into hiatus. Uh, we have uh, Day Trippers, Other Borders, both from Todd Foley. Uh, we're doing a... Uh, shit, what do we play? A Fear Itself and Rogue Trader as well. Uh, both. I love the, the one that I'm on, you can't remember. <laughs> I completely <laughs> drew blank. <laughs> see it's not so easy is nope it? um and and they're all uh the other borders game is new actually the the uh, the podcast version hasn't uh, begin uh, hasn't begun to drop yet uh, but the other games are all fairly long running uh, we also do interviews with game designers uh, rpg designers we've had adam scott clancy ken height um you know the guys from think 12 games uh janice from Ren games i mean there's three almost 400 episodes up there so there's a ton of content um the early episodes yeah you know i mean it's uh, whatever but uh that's everybody <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it's uh but it's a lot of fun uh, we hope you'll uh, you'll check it out we're on twitter and facebook instagram all the you know all the social media stuff so uh please check us out um uh, again kurt's on the network and uh, we're we're happy to have him he was one of the first people to uh to join in so uh we've had a, a long and uh and storied relationships so far. That's right. And if you haven't checked out the Fear Itself campaign that I am on and that Neil runs, you should check it out. It's seriously so much fun and a lot of good dialogue, a lot of good role-playing there. Neil says it's one of his favorite to run. So please, if you have any time in your day, check it out. We would very much appreciate that. Thanks again, John, for coming on. And I was Kurt. I was Kurt. I am Kurt. You are Kurt. And this was the MFG cast. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye! I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it.